0: Hi everyone, Ellie here with a bit of a status update before the podcast episode starts. You've probably noticed that it's been a very long time since we last posted an episode, Um, unless you're listening to this in the future and binging everything, in which case this means nothing to you. But uh, this was an unplanned hiatus brought about by um, a combination of various things, general life busyness, there were some health issues on my part, my computer broke for a month, Let's just say it's been a time. Uh, We ultimately decided it'd be better to take a bit of a break and give us more time to catch up on recording a backlog so that when we came back we could have more consistent releases. We now have plenty of episodes in the can. We're gonna keep putting them out on regular weekly schedule once more. Hopefully we won't have any further unplanned hiatuses or anything like that. Um, I really want to try and be more consistent from now on, so that's our goal. The only difference for you guys is that we are going to start putting out episodes on Mondays instead of Sundays. It just works out better with my work schedule and stuff like that. So you can look for our next episode next Monday. Secondly, I wanted to put out a quick call. We would like to have more guests on the pod. So if you're a listener and you would be interested in coming on to talk about future episodes near the end of this season or next season, shoot us an email or a Twitter DM. We can talk about having you on. Uh, Just be chill and be a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan or, you know, enough of one that you think you wouldn't like to jump in. Uh, Lastly, one quick thing that I wanted to mention before I... And this preamble is that I'm going to be attending Heroes Con, the big comics convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's this coming weekend, if you are hearing this on the day that the podcast comes out. It's June 17th and 18th. So if any of you are going to be in Charlotte for the con, because I know people come from all over, let me know. I would love to meet up. We'd say hi and chat about Yu-Gi-Oh! with people. Um, That's all. With all of that out of the way, I'm going to turn you back over to the two of us from a long time ago. This um, this coming episode was recorded immediately after the previous one, despite the gap in release schedule, so you won't be hearing us reference our long hiatus in the actual conversation, and um, it's maybe a little bit awkward since this coming episode is part two of a part one and two thing, and for the listeners, it's been months since part one, but you know what? it's whatever it is. And I think we have a fun conversation anyways.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we discuss every single episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, as well as plenty of other things along the way. My name is Jenny. And my name is Ellie. And today we complete the epic battle between magicians. We're starting halfway through episode 61 um, it's a three-episode mm-hmm. duel, so we wanted to make sure to give all of it the coverage it deserved, but not every single episode. One and
0: a half, one and a half. Yeah,
1: exactly. Sometimes you just gotta do one and her. But before we get into our magic battle, do you have any, have you seen
0: or read anything recently that you want to recommend, Ellie? I don't have that much of a rec, but I do have, like, kind of an update, I guess. I'm gonna, okay... I've just executively decided that I'm going to say this thereby clowning on future me because hell yes. by the time this episode comes out this will have already been released but like at the moment I'm still anticipating it uh-huh. which is that I keep watching all of the new stuff about the new Fire Emblem game and this is not a recommendation <gasps> oh, cuz honestly no Colgate hair <laughs> it looks cheesy as hell and really stupid And my initial reaction was to the trailer was like, no, now I have to start being embarrassed to be a Fire Emblem (laughs) fan again. (laughs) We went through such a good phase with Three Houses, please. Three Houses was so legitimately good. Like, it had a lot of problems, obviously, but it wasn't like people would judge you for being into it. But this new game looks... It looks like it's going to be incredibly dumb and fanservice-y from a story perspective, but I actually think the gameplay looks like it could be really fun. And also, what the heck, it's fanservice-y as hell to bring back a whole bunch of old characters in this way where you summon them and stuff. But I love all of those old characters. I'm a Fire Emblem fan. I think it's fun that I get to see my little guys again, even if it's in this, like, really dumb story. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to buy it because I buy every Fire Emblem game. My reasoning for why I'm pre-ordering this game was that like, if it comes out and it is bad and everybody says it's bad, I would probably still want to buy it anyways, but I would feel bad about it. <laughs> so I'm just going to pre-order it and and live in hope. So that's kind of the thing that I have going on fandom-wise at the moment is I'm kind of anticipating that. So it's going to be fun to have a new game to play because unlike you, I'm not a gamer and I really only play like Fire Emblem and one or two other games video games, but I'm very loyal to the Fire Emblem franchise. I've played all of them, so I'm looking forward to having some more Fire Emblem to play.
1: Not to be a hater, but I do like the Fire Emblem series, but I don't like the name. Fire Emblem Engage, I think is what
0: it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a weak name. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good name. I did see a good joke that the sequel would be called Fire Emblem Marriage, and then there would be another sequel called Fire Emblem Divorce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's good. Which that's good. amuses that's me
0: good. when I think about it. God, I would love to play Fire Emblem Divorce. I think... (laughs) It's like the opposite of the support system. You have a divorce system. Oh my god. I love when people are divorced. I love when when my ships are divorced. (laughs) I love when people are divorced. Great, Ellie. (laughs) I think it's fun in fiction. True. When a fictional ship has massive divorce energy. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely true. Anyways, um, nobody in Yu-Gi-Oh is divorced. (laughs) Although... Actually, I guess this this episode's villain is the closest to a divorced person in Yu Gi Oh because he broke off his engagement. True. So see, it's a segue. But I I haven't given my recommendation yet. Oh right, I'm sorry, <laughs> I cut you off. The segue failed. You have to talk about is is anybody divorced in the thing you're about to recommend? Keep going. Uh,
1: yes and no. It's so it's a video game. It's pretty funny because you mentioned, like, you're like, I, I'm not a gamer. I only play Fire Emblem. You would really like this game, partially because it's not a, like, fighting game. It's, like, a management game. It's called Spiritfarer. Mm-hmm. It's a really good indie game.
0: Spiritfarer? I think I've heard of this.
1: Yeah, you're a woman who basically becomes the new Karen, like, the um, boatman for the deceased souls, uh, trying to deliver souls to the realm of the dead. And basically you're managing this boat as you're delivering recently deceased souls, to the afterlife. And it's you managing the souls, talking with them, trying to sort of fulfill their last wishes or unfulfilled desires.
0: Yeah. But
1: it's all like management. It's not, there's no combat. It's really, really good. Very charming, really good story. It's free on a lot of platforms. or very cheap. And I think even if you're not a traditional gamer, it's very interaction and story based. I would say the one thing that... Mm, it's kind of similar to stardew valley but not the fighting aspect of stardew valley and that's lots of like time and resource management but there's not mm-hmm. really huge consequences uh so really good game especially for non-gamers but just very sweet and it was very nice i hadn't played a new i've been deep genshin impact i've been deep on like It's as usual. It's been like this for a year and a half, but it still has its claws on me. I feel like it's the only game I play. And so it was really nice to play a different game for a bit. Nice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would recommend it. It's very, very sweet and very good. And I think you would actually like it a lot, Ellie. Yeah,
0: I've heard of this. And this is something that I don't know if I would play it, but I would definitely like watch a Let's Play of it, I think. That's what I was
1: about to recommend too, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Unfortunately, I I don't know if we'll be able to fully capture that old segue uh, I don't think anybody in Yu-Gi-Oh! has divorced energy, because all the older characters don't have divorced energy, and all the other kids, are t- they're just too young to have that kind of divorced energy. You can be a teenager and have divorced energy, but none of these do.
0: Wait, I just thought of a canonical yeah. divorce. Junochi's um, parents. <laughs> there, that's a divorce. That's not a fun divorced energy. That's a good you guys got divorced. No, it's not, but it is a canonical, like, factual divorce that I felt- compelled to correct myself about
1: um speaking of canonical divorce uh there's nothing okay sorry
0: Ar- I mean, that's what i'm saying arcana broke up with his fiance so that's almost a
1: divorce yeah and the dark magician almost broke up with his head when he got guillotine guillotine but that <laughs> didn't happen <laughs>
0: Divorce. He was trying to divorce. Divorcing
1: head from body.
0: He's trying to divorce Yugi's legs from his body. Yeah, exactly.
1: Or well, you know, not in the dub though.
0: Or his soul from his body and into the shadow realm. Anyways, yeah, let's talk about the
1: episode. All right, so we're halfway through episode sixty-one. We just got Arcana's tragic backstory. So of course we're gonna segue to Tay and Grandpa. They, as usual, have a scene where they accomplish nothing. They're just running through the streets, going like, "Where's Yugi?" Meanwhile, over in Competent Land, um, Kaiba and Mokuba, they (laughs) arrive at sort of the headquarters. Yet again, we get a good view of Kaiba's weird robot-identical-girl army. Robot
0: women! The robot women! Why? Why
1: this? I know. Just embarrassing.
0: (laughs) I hate to be reminded of it.
1: But yeah, so basically they explain, okay, Yugi and his opponent's duel discs are cut off from Kaiba Corp's computers. They are in a place with its own dueling system that isn't recognized by us. At least in the dub, he says, we need to hack every single computer in Domino City, and everyone that doesn't let us in, please get me a list, and we're gonna start, like, going there and, like, looking. And I'm like,
0: what? That is not what he says. In the sub, he says, survey Domino for buildings that would have a computer powerful enough have a computer powerful enough to run the solid vision system and also have a basement that would block the signal, which I guess makes a little more sense. That makes way more sense. (laughs) Although it still does bring the question of... Why would Kaiba have access to the data of, like, what type of computer does every building in Domino contain? But I don't know. Maybe there's some way of knowing that. I don't know. <laughs> when you're rich
1: enough, you just know these things. They At least
0: they skim past it instead of having him explicitly say to hack every single person in the city.
1: <laughs> I know. I love when the dub just goes into hacking things.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Mokuba says, I'm going to hit the streets and start investigating. And Kaiba says, I'm going to wait here and get more information from my robot girl army. Okay, so split up. Back to the duel. They have like a little magic back and forth. Arcana uses a trap card called Nightmare Chains, which basically chains um, Yugi's Dark Magician up and takes him out of play. Uh, two things. one, I feel like the dark magician gets tied up so many times this episode, which is very on theme for the magic episode mm-hmm. that's a pretty big magician thing. Also, I'm guessing this was another case. this was a this was I mentioned last episode there were two moments of censorship. Is he on a big,
0: vague slab? Yes, another big yeah, vague my slab. note says my note says dark magician gets fucking crucified in case you're wondering what it looked like. Well, yet again, again <laughs> He's I, on I a said across.
1: <laughs> there are two incidences of censorship. Um, One that I was like, this is stupid, one that I think makes sense. This is another one where putting myself into the shoes of a four kids executive.
0: I mean, it's a purely visual edit that doesn't change anything about the actual plot, so it's totally fine.
1: And I do think crucifixion is like a little intense for kids, and I get it. So this one, and most importantly, it's funny.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, I think it's just, it's a matter of standards showing that is considered vaguely offensive Mm -hmm. in the US because it's a you know majority christian country whereas in japan christianity is like 10 percent of the population so nobody really cares about throwing christian imagery around willy nilly in children's shows
1: so very willy nilly which is hilarious Mm -hmm. but yeah so cultural difference totally get it yeah
0: it's it's totally understandable (laughs) so the dark magician
1: is now chained up there's actually a really cool scene where uh yugi gets attacked directly and we see like the dark magician sort of rage on his face or yugi's dark Mm -hmm. magician
0: should i say I think we should call Arcanas one Red Magician or something if we want to distinguish them. Ooh,
1: good. I like that. Red Magician and Dark Magician. Perfect.
0: She's <laughs> dark red. Maroon.
1: Maroon ma- Okay, yeah. Maroon Magician. It's locked in.
0: <laughs> sure. Whatever. Love a good alliteration. I can start, I can keep saying, you know, more synonyms for, for Dark Red if you want. Blood Orange Magician. <laughs> no, nope. I like how it's
1: M-M. Maroon Magician. <laughs> Unless it starts with an M. Not interested. Alright, so finally we've got Taya and Grandpa accomplish something and that they run into Mokuba.
0: Do they accomplish something, or does Mokuba accomplish something and they tag along? Well, Mokuba
1: <laughs> accomplishes everything. Mo- they accomplish something in that they get Mokuba, at least in the dub, to say something funny, where Mokuba says, oh, Kaiba found them, which... I was like, especially in America, you never call your brother by your shared last name. So that was awkward. I think this does happen occasionally in the dub, but uh, he usually calls him Seto. So I was kind of like- It's not
0: as egregious as it is in the manga um, where they have that happen a whole bunch in the English translation of the manga. It drives me fucking insane because they do it in like a really emotional scene between them and it ruins the scene for me because all I can think about is how it makes no sense.
1: Mokuba explains they're now a little three-person pack on the hunt together. Okay, so mm-hmm. kind of important dual things happening. Arcana uses this card called Ectoplasmer, drains the soul of his monsters, and can fire it directly at Yugi. So this is one of the things that's reoccurring throughout the series. It will be a huge thing. We've already talked about it. It'll be a huge thing in one of the filler arcs. Oh, this drove me so nuts. But Yugi says, you're basically disrespecting your monsters. The Ectoplasmer drains the soul from your monsters and leaves them an empty shell. How could you do this to your monsters?
0: Yeah. So this drives me really crazy because, okay, also, sorry, let me, first of all, very brief backtrack real quick. We'll get back to this. But I forgot to say I wrote down on the scene with Mokuba and Anzu and Grandpa Grandpa and Anzu, first of all, they're like, someone must have kidnapped Yugi, which is true, but I'm not sure why they jumped to that immediately based on seeing Yami walk into a circus tent and then not being able to find him immediately afterwards. Um, Secondly, I also wrote down, these bitches need cell phones because Anzu has a cell phone, but Yugi doesn't. And I think that that would have solved probably all of this. Although, I guess maybe they wouldn't get cell phone reception, just like they don't get dual disk GPS reception. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But yes. Going back to what's happening now, the thing that drives me nuts about this is that it's like, oh, taking out its soul is somehow different from, like, sacrificing a monster to summon another monster or something like that. But it's not actually different in any way. Mechanically in the card game, all that happens is the card goes to the graveyard. And yes, dual monsters, like, have souls in them. This is like an established part of the lore Of this anime is that Mm -hmm. like there is a soul in the card but clearly you're not actually doing anything significant to the soul of the card by playing ectoplasm because it's not like yugi because like the dark magician's soul gets sucked out it's not like you don't see yugi play the dark magician again after this and it's completely nor in in other duels it's so stupid and they make a huge thing out of it and it really bothers me
1: my theory on this is it's very annoying when they do this kind of stuff i think my main thing is the way arcana does talk about it is he's like yeah. Yes, you're mm-hmm. useless for me instead of sacrifice and I think it would be it would make more sense to me if Yami was like you're being disrespectful after Arcana yeah, did I the agree. sacrifice because I think when you, you when Yami does like moves that are sacrificed like catapult turtle all that's kind of shut it's very much like thank you and like consider it because he views his, views his cards as sort of sentient. And the problem is, it's not a response to his opponents being disrespectful to the cards. It's literally just them taking the action. And Yami will be like, how dare you? And then the disrespect comes.
0: Yeah, it's exactly like, wasn't it in the Rebecca episode when we talked Mm -hmm. about this? Where it was the exact same thing. Where somebody was like, I'm going to sacrifice this monster. And Yami was like, that's disrespectful, even though it's just a thing that you can do in the game. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, that person starts being disrespectful. It's like... Just write it a little bit differently and this would have been fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's extra boring. At one point... In this scene, Yami says, Pandora, can't you hear it? Your monster is crying. <laughs> and it, drove, it made me laugh so hard because it was so melodramatic. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead and explain what actually happens with the card, because I don't think we got to that bit.
1: Yeah, The episode ends with um, Arcana attempting to use the ectoplasmer on his own Dark Magician, so sacrificing its soul and using it on Yugi, but we see the Dark Magician either hung up on a slab or crucified. So he sacrifices the Maroon Magician, but then the Dark Magician also starts to glow and basically like the attacks cancel each other out. And Yugi sort of explains, mm-hmm. oh, they're the same card, so they're all affected the same way and your attack gets canceled. Did I get it? I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter. Whole point is Dark Magician loves Yugi, will protect him. Maroon Magician was just a tool.
0: The way they explain it in the sub is like, when you do Ectoplasma, you declare the name of a card and- therefore by declaring like dark magician will become ectoplasm he also made it possible for for yugi's dark magician to do that but like yugi's dark magician just decided on its own to do that because yami was like dark magician why would you you're sacrificing yourself for me or whatever which was like okay i understand the mechanics of that can happen, but I thought it was kind of silly that, like, the Dark Magician on its own autonomously decided to do that, and Yami didn't make that choice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty goofy. Not sure how I feel about that. Don't love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, we end on a shot of Yami, like, glowing with light from behind him for some reason. It's the soul of the Dark Magician, baby.
1: So that is the end of the second episode. So uh we'll go right into the third and final episode of this duel. It is titled, uh, in the dub, of course, Master of Magicians, Part 3. The subtitle is The Magician's Disciple, Black Magician Girl. Dark Magician Girl. I know, I'm so excited. It aired for the first time July 3rd, um, 2001, and then aired in the United States for the first time February 8th, 2003. As we mentioned last episode, sort of all on the same day. All three episodes were aired on the same day. as like a little special. Mm -hmm. All right, so getting into the episode... Uh Arcana sort of sets the scene and says, your dark magician is in the graveyard. You're one attack away from being sent to the shadow realm slash having your legs chopped off, depending on <laughs> the censorship. And they sort of like reflect on the sacrifice that just happened. And Arcana clearly has not learned anything. He's actually more focused on Catherine behind the curtain. He's sort of looking at the shape of her behind the curtain and is just sweating and going like, oh, I can't wait until I like can reunite with my beloved
0: Catherine. Yeah, also they make a point, at least in the sub, of saying that Pandora has two other Dark Magician cards in his deck that he could pull out, and uh, Yami has only our own, our buddy Dark Magician. He's only got the one, so now that- Yami's Dark Magician is out of play. Pandora can still have another one. Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's what happens: is Arcana mm-hmm. summons another Dark Magician um, to the field. He also plays a Magic card, Anti Magic Arrows, that will prevent him from resurrecting the Dark Magician. So basically, says, "There's nothing you can do. I've won. I know there's nothing that can be that you don't have a Dark Magician."
0: Well, he summons.
1: He summons it with that curtain thing. He summons. Uh, something called Dark Magic Curtain, which allows him to pay half of his life points to summon a
0: high-level monster without a sacrifice. Well, it's it specifically lets you summon... The Dark Magician without a sacrifice. It's like a specifically a card for Dark Magician. Uh huh.
1: So Yuki says, I'm also able to use this. And her arcana says, no, you can't. You don't have another Dark Magician. And he says, nope, I don't have a Dark Magician, but I have his apprentice, the Dark Magician Girl. Here she is. And she gets a full on Magical Girl sequence, which
0: that's what I wrote down, too. I wrote Magical Girl Transformation Sequence for her for Dark Magician Girl Reveal.
1: Yeah, so you probably you've definitely even if you don't have any experience with Yu-Gi-Oh, you've seen this character's design. She is very iconic. She is wonderful, very cute. Yet again, like Dark Magician has sort of like dark purple, like more ominous look, and she just looks like a cute little magician um has a really cool staff. Yeah, light blue and
0: pink. She's the girl one. I will say that, like, I love Dark Magician Girl very much, but she, when you put her next to Dark Magician, it's definitely, like, this is the girl one, (laughs) like, in a way that's a little bit funny to me, where it's, like, she's pink and blue, and she wears a skimpy outfit, and he's, like, fully clothed in purple. This is not the- this character does not look like a dark magic character, but it's okay. She's cute. I love her. I forgive it. It is just- amusingly gendered
1: oh it's it's absolutely incredibly gendered and she was made to sell girl toys and it's like all right I guess we'll just roll with this all
0: right was she made to sell girl toys or was she made to sell um toys for men who, to men who are horny for her is i both. think the question <laughs> both. <laughs> both yeah both um so the second bit of censorship that kind
1: of bugged me this episode is so during her reveal it's basically like a slow reveal of all of her like body parts, like her sleeve. Like there's no uh, super obnoxious one, but there's one that shows sort of like her thighs and legs, and in the <laughs> dub they added like a blue pencil skirt that went way be- like too below her knee that is not in any future shots of her, but just for the close up of her thighs because she's wearing sort of <laughs> like it's one of those very classic anime things where it's kind of like, I don't want to say a loincloth. It covers in the middle but not on the sides. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, high, high slits in the sides. For yeah. that reveal shot, she's wearing a visibly, like, visibly added-on pencil skirt that they made way too long. It's, like, under knee length. That's really funny. But the worst part is that in all future shots of her, she has her usual outfit on. And I was like, come on. Like, at first I was like, oh, I didn't realize. I forgot that they censored her and added that skirt to her design. But just for that reveal shot, she, like, took, it, she took her well, skirt off.
0: See, that's funny because... I almost feel like that makes it worse because it makes it seem like she's, like, taking off a skirt during the reveal, right? I mean, her design is, like, a bit sexy, but it's not egregious. It's kind of- It's not too bad at all. You know, superhero bodysuit type of look.
1: It's not too bad. That one made me roll my eyes. I guess I kind of get it, but it's, like, the lack of consistency is annoying. But yeah, Dark Magician Girl's on the field. What can she do? Not looking so great because Dark Magician, as we know, 2,500 attack points. Dark Magician Girl only has 2,000. So Arcana points this out and says, "Uh, she's too weak. I'm going to attack her. Die. But Arcana's Dark Magician is just destroyed and he's flabbergasted. Um, so Yugi explains, and there's a cool visual, that the Dark Magician girl gets 300 attack points for every Dark Magician in the graveyard. And we get this cool visual of the Dark Magician girl with uh, the Dark Magician sort of hovering behind her. She's, like, gaining power from him. Yeah, he's backing the up. And is like, no, you only have one Dark Magician in, the, in your graveyard. And Yugi says, no, it's any Dark Magicians in either graveyard. I got a bonus from your Maroon Magician. And we see the Maroon Magician, you know, back facing the camera, also start to, like, hover behind the Dark Magician girl.
0: Yeah, and um, Yami's like, that's what you get for his soul wants revenge on you for betraying him. <laughs>
1: I fucking love that. That's pretty much the end of the duel, because as soon as uh, that other Dark Magician is destroyed, Arkan is totally thrown off, and Yugi's able to directly attack his life points and duel over. Yugi wins. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we see how the dark energy disc slash saw blade trap will resolve, we get a cut to, uh, dumb, dumb, and dumber, dumb, dumber, and dumbest. Dumb, what is it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Mokuma, Teya, and Grandpa. Actually, none of them are actually dumb, but they're just three of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, we get their squad. Kaiba Corp's been able to figure out where Yugi's located, Tristan rides up in his motorcycle, which we had referenced. We were like, oh, well, I think last time we saw Tristan with a motorcycle.
0: Well, what it was is that you said... When it switched, when the dubs switched opening sequences, you were like, oh, it shows Tristan in his motorcycle. I bet he's never going to use that again. I know! And I was
1: immediately like, okay, I guess I'm eating my words because here... He- I mean, he doesn't use it
0: significantly, but he is riding it. It's not, like, relevant, but he he is riding it. It's not exactly relevant that he has a motorcycle, but he does ride the motorcycle in his scene. All right, so Tristan rolls up and helps
1: them break the doors down because they'd kind of been flabbergasted by the door. Yami's going on a little rant and saying, like, Arcana, you lost. You disrespected and misused your cards. Um, Arcana's freaking out because the dark energy disc is starting to move towards him. And we see Yami's box open up, the little box at his feet. It has a locator card as well as a key. So Yami takes the key and starts to sort of unlock himself. Mokuba and the others are running down the stairs. We get a quick shot of them. They're running down the stairs and they reach another door that's now been bolted shut, like by iron bars at the other end. So Tristan's not going to be able to kick this one down. So Arcana says, "Of course, I'm a magician, so I have an escape plan. Um, I have a spare key in my sleeve."
0: Yeah, he cheated.
1: Um, so just as he's about to use the key, Merrick's like, eh, 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 "You didn't win, so now you must accept punishment. I'm going to use the power of my Millennium
0: Rod to make the key disappear." <laughs> <laughs> which, not sure how the rod's able to do that, but I was... Well, what he says in the sub is, I've edited your mind so that you're unable to perceive the presence of the key. Which I Ooh. guess makes sense if it's, like, mind control. So basically he's mind controlling him to, like, think that he doesn't have the key. Which makes a little more sense than the key disappears. <laughs> okay. Very funny scene coming up.
1: So Yami has, like, unlocked himself out of the thing. And he's kind of seeing Arcana, who's... who I don't know. It's unclear if he sort of sees... Whether or not Arcana has a key in hand, but he's kind of just glaring at Arcana as Arcana's, like, shrieking and the disc is approaching. And then says, "Yeah, mm, that's not my business, and leaves. And Yugi's like, alright, I guess I've got to save this guy.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. He just looks and is like, fuck you. Yeah, he switches back into the puzzle and Yugi, like, dives across the room to rescue Arcana. Which he does by grabbing Arcana's key out of his hand, which Arcana can't perceive. So he must... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it actually is there visibly, which again makes the
0: dub explanation even more stupid. You have to look kind of closely to tell what's going on with the key, to be fair, but I'm pretty sure, sure. that's what actually happened. But yeah. I just love the idea. We don't see it, but I love the idea that there's a very brief conversation there happening in Yami's mind where Yami's like, this guy's gonna fucking die. And then Yugi is like, we have to save him, partner, please. And Yami's like, fine. You do it. You do it. <laughs> Yugi's like, okay, so he dives over. Saves Arcana. It's the first time we've seen Yugi um, in the flesh for a while. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yami's been wandering around a lot. I've missed my little yeah. boy. As Merrick's about to say, little Yugi. Uh, so he saves Arcana, and Yugi says, not even a cheat like you deserves to go to the Shadow Realm, slash, I guess, die. But Arcana, he's, like, completely lost it. I think, like, the rod touching his brain and, like, the key distortion. He runs out to the figure behind the curtain and is, like, grasping it. And it turns out, thank God, it actually wasn't Catherine. I was a little nervous that they had Catherine, like, bound and gagged beyond the curtain. But luckily, it's actually just a dummy. But he, he, Arcana's totally lost it. He's, like, embracing the dummy and and is sort of saying, Oh, my
0: beloved Catherine, please forgive me. In the sub, he says, let's go back to France and start all over again. (laughs) Just in case you forgot that he's French. Once again, another L for the French. And Yugi's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yugi's like, mmm, fucked up if true. Don't like that at all. Oh, also, at this point, this really cracked me up. So Yugi like walks over and is like are you okay? But Yugi calls him Pandora-san, which just I thought was so Aww. funny because he's like Yugi never stops being polite. He's like um Mr. Pandora, are you all right? And it's like this man just tried to murder you. It's really funny to me. Yugi uses honorifics for like literally everyone, which I think is a really funny like character slash dialogue choice just even people that are trying to kill him he's like son yeah Yeah. everybody is yeah like kaiba is always kaiba kun no matter like how disrespectful and disrespectful and all that shit and um the only person he doesn't use honorifics for is anzu because they're childhood friends cute oh i love that that's a really good little character moment i like that yeah but what i heard him say pandora son i was like are you serious bro like even this guy but yeah that's just Yugi. Polite light to the end. He's a gamer
1: and a magician, so Yugi does have a baseline respect for him. So because That's of true. that baseline respect, he sort of goes up and says, hey, are you alright? Uh, but it's no longer Arcana. Um, the Egyptian eye appears on his forehead, and see- he says, you know, Arcana's left the building, this is Merrick now. And Yugi immediately mm-hmm. is like,
0: you're a coward, um, show me your face. We should definitely talk about, I think this conversation this is is be pro- might be pretty different in the yeah. sub versus dub, so I'll pay attention. I'll pay close attention to what you're saying. Uh, yeah, in
1: my notes, the funny summary of this is America's is about to exposition dump. So I'm about to give you the dub version of the exposition dump and then we'll compare notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he says, I'm here to take the power of the Pharaoh, the spirit living inside the Millennium Puzzle. The power is rightfully mine um, because my family has served for centuries protecting the Pharaoh's tomb until his return. Yugi says, no, that power belongs to Yami. I'm not going to let you take it. And Merrick says, I've studied the ancient scriptures, and I know how to harness the power of the three god cards as well as the Millennium Puzzle. But because of these ancient scriptures, I know I can't just take the puzzle. I have to win it in a duel. So I'm going to banish you to the Shadow Realm so that you can't interfere. I already have two of the god cards. I know where the third one is, and it's only a matter of time before I get it.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you want to set me straight? The sub version is pretty different. Okay, let's So go. first of all, when Mer- when Yugi first like starts to talk to him, Merrick is like, oh, you're the vessel for the Pharaoh's soul. And he will call him, he doesn't call him Little Yugi in the sub, so he calls him Vessel. That sucks
1: because I love Little Yugi. Aww. Which
0: is cool. So he's like, well, Vessel, my name is Merrick. And then he kind of says, oh, that's true. I never introduced myself to you before. I'm the one who was controlling Bandit Keith. In that previous duel, and then Yugi's like, "Why do you want to kill us?" Meaning him and Yami. And then Merrick is like, "I could not care less about you personally. I'm only interested in the soul that's currently using you as a vessel, on whom I want revenge." So he says that like his family was protecting the Pharaoh for three thousand years. For all of this time, the Gravekeeper Clan was staying secluded from the outside world, hiding in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt. But then all of them died, obeying that destiny. Huh. Which is interesting. So we're going to get to more of that, more details on that later, probably. My clan's duty was to guard the Millennium Items, and I have one. And according to everything I've been taught, I'm supposed to protect this with my life until I finally present it to the soul of the Pharaoh. But where mm-hmm. is the soul of the Pharaoh? Well, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is, that's the, like, the ancient, ancient scripture thing says that the three god cards will point towards the pharaoh or like will indicate who the pharaoh is so then that means that if i gather all the cards i would take the pharaoh's memories away and become the new pharaoh my family suffered for this especially my father which that's put a pin in that one for later oh yeah so many pins i want to find the three god cards Kill the lost soul that was the old pharaoh and become the new pharaoh. And then Yugi's like, damn, okay, (laughs) now I know. He puts everything together now. He's kind of had disparate pieces of this for a while. But if you remember how there was, like, kind of a plot point of Yami not telling Yugi everything about how he'd, like, he'd figured out that he was the pharaoh and that this is for his memories and stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically, Yugi puts all the pieces together and is like, oh, now I know Obviously, because Beric just told him, like, Yami is the pharaoh and he's doing this because he's figured that out and because he wants to get his lost memories back. I thought this line, this was kind of cool. He has this line, people go towards the future by building on their memories of the past, but other me doesn't have a past. So he's standing still. So, like, he can't progress unless he finds out his past, basically. And then he's like, I couldn't ask him to stay that way, even if regaining his memories would mean the two of us would be separated. Yeah, so as
1: usual, Sub sounds like it was much better. Um, I don't think the dub did a terrible job, and I think they're focusing more on, like, the dueling honor and all that kind of stuff, but... Mm -hmm. And it's sad because it's clear they cut a lot of the interesting setup for a lot of the Ishtar family drama, which is a bummer
0: because that shit slaps. Well, honestly, I was surprised that we got that all of that this early because I didn't remember like when we found out all of that stuff. And so I was like, oh, we're getting all of these little hints about the Ishtar family like past and Merrick's motivations that I couldn't remember exactly when those things were revealed. So I can kind of see the dub deciding to hold back the mystery for even longer.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess this is sort of the end of the conversation. But also Merrick says mm-hmm. one of my rare hunters is has the God card. The third guard card, one of the guard cards that I have, um, Beware yeah. the Quiet One. In the
0: sub, he calls him the Silent Doll. Oh, but yeah, interesting. Idea. He's like, that That person has, he actually says which one. He says that. that's the rare hunter who has Slifer or Osiris and he's going to come after you. Okay, so Merrick releases Arcana, who
1: slumps into Yugi's arms, just as Trist- Tristan and the three, and the other two, um, or three, I guess, yeah, Mokba, Tei, and Grippa break down the door finally and are able to join him. So we get a quick scene of Merrick saying, like, all right, Odeon, my servant Odeon, the Quiet One's going to crush Yugi and bring me the Millennium puzzle-, puzzle. I'm not worried about Kaiba. I can defeat him, no problem, uh, and Abelisk the Tormentor will be mine." Odeon spe- specifically says, you need to watch out for Yugi's friends. I think they could get in the way. Um, but I could use more servants, so maybe I'll use that. Ooh. We also then, we see Merrick rise out of the chair and he picks up his own god card that he has, which is our first shot of the winged dragon of Ra, which, fucking great design. Honestly, probably my favorite god card design, and I fucking love all of them. But basically a really cool yeah. golden metallic bird.
0: I like all of them. Yeah, I know. I do really like all of them. Like they're all. I couldn't rank them. This time, di- I'm not sure because I'm suddenly confronted with like I've never thought about which one of the three god cards is my favorite. And I was like, I know I was about to say my favorite, but then I was like, no, I actually like Slipher. No, I, like Obelisks is simple but great. I've never actually really thought about it, yeah. so I'm not sure which one I would say. I is think my end favorite. of
1: series we should do like a I'll who's think about. Your I'll think card.
0: about that for. Or maybe next week, next time we record, I'll tell you, I'll update you, I've decided which, I, which god card is my favorite, because I never considered it before. Wait, speaking of things that I thought didn't happen until much later,
1: the episode ends with him, like, standing up from his throne, yeah. he allows his cloak to fall, and we see that there's a design etched onto his back that resembles the stone carving. Yeah, the tattoo on his back. Egyptian hieroglyphs. Um and he says, in accordance with the ancient scriptures,
0: the unlimited power of the Pharaoh will be mine. <laughs> I also did not remember that we got Merrick back reveal this early. Yeah, which But the conversation with Rashid is different in the sub, if I can jump back to that and then we can talk about the or you can just say whatever you were going to say, but I just. I was kinda... just, I was more shocked. We don't know the significance and we will not find out the signi-
1: significance of that back shot for a while. <laughs> back shot. But I was like, I was shocked. I was kind of
0: like, oh, whoa, shit, back! Yeah, I also was uh, not expecting that. See how we see the tattoo on his back of some kind of ancient scriptures or whatever. It's just a subtle difference, but in the sub, the thing with Rashid where he's like, oh, you should watch out for Yugi's friends. Instead, Merrick is like, I'm going to take Ra. I'm going to go into the city. I'm going to go in on my own. Like, I will physically enter the city and take Ra with me and start to challenge them. And then he's like, in the meantime, Rashid, you keep an eye on Yugi and all of his little friends and tell me if they do anything entertaining. And then so Rashid thinks to himself... Merrick only says entertaining like that if he's talking about someone he really hates, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Clearly shows that Rashid is like this. He knows what he he's talking about here. He knows when he's being a petty bitch. I love that. He thinks to himself, "I feel like we should be prioritizing getting Obelisk," but Merrick is only thinking about Yugi. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm, I wonder if that's going to be like Rashid thinks that like Merrick should pay more attention to what Kaiba's is doing. So we're getting a little bit of tension in the villain ranks there. Who knows if he's going to voice those opinions, but... Probably should more, but that's all I'll say. (laughs) All right, so
1: end of the duel. Before we talk about uh, how we felt about these one and a half episodes slash the duel as a whole, are there any other manga differences that we didn't gently touch base on last episode, or...?
0: um, There is one tiny thing, which is that at the very end, so in the anime, Arcana is just kind of left there. They don't really, like address shit. what ends up happening to him. I don't know. Maybe they will next episode or whatever. But in the, um, one second. Sorry, I need to check something. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Arcana's backstory with Catherine and everything. That's not in the manga. The really anime were like, we need to make this guy more interesting. And so they added that. Um, that's the other thing that I forgot about. So that's all anime original. And then the other thing that happens in the manga that's, like, new is Merrick is, like, I'd better tie up this loose end before I leave. And he uses his brain control with the Millennium Rod. If I examine Pandora's mind, there were two times in the past when he once considered suicide. He felt suicidal after his mother died, and at, secondly, after he lost his lover in a magic trick gone wrong. So I guess that, like, one little line, they, like, took that and expanded it into the Catherine backstory. Interesting. But it just says that he <laughs> lost his lover after... Okay, I actually
1: love when anime does that, when they take, like, a, that little bit of something mm-hmm. and, like, expand on it, so that's a, that's a win for me. I like that. Good change.
0: And then Merrick basically is like, I'm going to bring back those memories and amplify that in my mind, and he's just, after Pandora wakes up from, I'm gonna make him pass out, and then when he wakes up, he'll be assaulted by suicidal impulses. Oh and my god! Himself, <laughs> which is, like, Damn, so buddy. dark. <laughs> like, okay, bro. But, I mean, <laughs> makes sense for as a villain. But I understand why the anime would take that out.
1: Yeah, a very understandably. Yeah, unnecessarily grim. Mm-hmm. But actually, kind of a good character moment, yeah. so I like that. Yeah. Okay, well, interesting. Hmm. Some interesting additions and one
0: understandable subtraction. Well, I wanted to say one little thing that I forgot to mention, which is not important at all, but you know how I always tell you that, like, this thing, this sign says this and this sign says that, but they took it out in Four Kids. At one point when, in the previous episode... When Kaiba and Mokuba are walking around in town, they're in front of a store, and the store appears to be called Big Mermaid, and I'm just so curious about what kind of things you buy at Big, Big Mermaid. Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> Random English background text. I do love to see it. But yeah, so um, what'd you think of the episodes? Um, Yeah, I like this one. I didn't like this second half of the duel as much as the first one, huh. because- I got annoyed by the whole you're sacrificing your monster thing. Yeah. Which didn't happen in the first one. And so that bothered me. But the duel continued to be consistently entertaining. Fun to see Dark Magician Girl, her debut. She'll she'll make many further appearances. She's cool. Love her. And just, it continues to be pretty good. I like it for the same reasons that I like the- previous one like Mm -hmm. previous half of the duel and I like and I continue to like the setup of Merrick and Merrick's backstory and stuff so generally like no complaints really other than the really annoying duel thing but not also not tons and tons of stuff to say yeah, that's that pretty
1: much sense. exactly how I feel. Um, I will say, I, I was expecting to dislike the pacing. I actually thought the pacing was pretty good. Um, yeah. But I yeah, I like this. The Dark Magician reveal is good. The sacrifice thing is annoying, but there's going to be more egregious examples that annoy me later that I had in mind. Totally. So this one was not that bad, but it was sort of the start of the trend. Also, something that I don't think we mentioned is that the animation is pretty good this episode. It, it does vary in quality, but it varies from good to average rather than, like, too much. But it's pretty good. I liked it. I felt like the animation was more just, like, fine, but... Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just really solid duel, nice break, um, well-paced episodes, good Kaiba Mokuba content, too, just, like, little moments for yeah, everybody. Yeah, thrown in there. Yeah, and good, interesting villain America development. So,
0: yeah, just yeah. very strong. I really liked it. And Arcana is definitely there have been other one off villains that I have liked a lot less than yeah, exactly than Pandora, so
1: that's yeah. another thing we should rank maybe at the end of our like little battle city like first part of oh, first that's part a good idea.
0: yeah, ranking one off villains, yeah, we could do that yeah, yeah, I think that'd be really fun, yeah, our season wrap up for season two. now, what if we return? To our shipping game. Let's fucking go. I'm ready to suffer. Where I randomize my wheel of every Yu-Gi-Oh ship name and ask Jenny to ask which pairing that name refers to. Okay. Do you know what Swift shipping is? Category please. Male-female pairing. Okay, okay. Swift. I think you, like, might be able to guess this one by, like, Process of elimination just stabby. Can I in the get the dark. hint though? Okay, um well there's a weird hint that I think is just somebody desperately trying to come up with something. Okay. But let's just say they think that both of these characters are swift to act or have things that happen to them swiftly. Okay, let me think it's okay. clear that these characters have like no interaction. You know that doesn't stop people from shipping them. <laughs>
1: No, no, I'm just saying that I can do process of elimination of, like, yeah. any male-female that have interacted. As well. I'm just, like, I literally have no fucking clue where
0: to I mean, start. there is a screenshot of them standing next to each other here, but I don't think they have any significant interactions that I can recall.
1: <laughs> like, I think I know all the Anzu ones, so I think, slash Teya, so I think I can cut her. I feel like this is either a Mai or a Shizu one. I feel like most of the Mai ones we've gotten are I know. Mm-hmm things happen swiftly shizu things happen oh ooh, okay i so i'm just gonna have to guess because i'm not yeah. gonna do this can i do Ashizu plus good bakura things i
0: think things happen to them a lot <laughs> that's true those are both characters to whom things tend to happen no it's not it is an shizu ship okay is shizu and joey
1: yeah, there's no way I was gonna get that. <laughs> it's just so I'm Honestly, I'll, I'll
0: count that 50% as, like, a 0. 0.5 for me. I'll do that, because yeah. that's just, like, how do you do what that? What it says is that, like, visions could come to Ishizu swiftly via her necklace, sure, yeah. but in sure. a duel, Joey could have a swift stroke of Fuck, luck sure. that turns the game in his favor, and it's, like... That's clearly somebody just trying to, like, make something up to fit the ship name instead of, like, the actual reason. Because they have, like, no significant interaction. I'm gonna reclaim Swift shipping for- I really like- I don't want- obviously I haven't gotten it yet. Good Bakura, Ishizu,
1: Swift. Things just happen. Actually, it's gonna be things shipping, because things just things happen.
0: Shipping. <laughs> things shipping. It's gonna be events occurring shipping. <laughs> and both of them just them just sitting there going like, oh no. Oh no, events are happening to me again. <laughs> all right next one i'm scared okay do you know what proof shipping
1: is uh i'm gonna say no but uh can you give me some info male
0: female okay wow lots of heads today also this has the funniest fucking justification I've ever read on the shipping list. Okay. Okay. Um, can you give me the justification or is that a spoil or is that like he would need to prove things to her? Parentheses. Also they'd probably go through a lot of alcohol. <laughs> okay, well the woman is locked in as my. The woman is locked yeah. in as my. Okay. Process, I'll just of, tell alim- you that process one. of
1: elimination. Alcohol. Uh, um, prove things. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm being very fast today, but, like, I'm just so stumped by a lot of these. It's mine. and somebody. I want to say my Bandit, Keith. Hmm.
0: I'll, I'll, it's not a bad thought. I'll lock it in. You're, obviously, it's my. She would be the one who would go through the most alcohol, but it's mine and Honda.
1: You know, and usually I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, but these, I'm like, okay, I couldn't know that. <laughs> What is this justification? It's so funny to me. <laughs>
0: I can't think of anything better. Can't think of anything better. He would have to prove a lot of himself, so. What was the one that was like, it's named that, named because they never talk to each other or something like that? <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Was that silent shipping? No. Yeah, was it silent shipping because they never interact? They do interact,
1: <laughs> though. Just not very significantly. But like, Kaiba and women, he's allergic to them. Sorry about it. He's mis- <laughs> no, he's not misogynistic. He just sucks. Uh, let's get a third one. Let's see if I can get one, and then I'll give myself two points, because I'm going to say both of those were .5, because they're hard. Okay. I think
0: you know this. Angst shipping.
1: Oh, I know this one. This is one of my
0: favorite Yu-Gi-Oh ships, like, top five Yu-Gi-Oh ship is Merrick and Good Bakura. Yes, it is. Exactly. I also like this ship. I think that the name is a little silly, but it's okay, because it, it's a good ship.
1: the The name is silly, but Angst was very early two thousands, so who can blame anybody? Oh, I love that's this true. ship. That's true. Okay, there are
0: sillier ship names. I'll
1: give myself point five for the combo of getting the two women, and then one for the one I got. So I'll give myself. Oh, a I mean, 1. that's just 5. a
0: solid, like, bang on. You knew that one for oh, yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to like add all of the new characters into the freaking ship wheel because like. Merrick is shipped with literally everybody because he's an important character and then and she's shipped with literally everybody because she's a woman <laughs> and that people are desperate for hat and this <laughs> sausage fest of a show. As I will <laughs> like, we'll say, Sue actually
1: does have pretty insane chemistry with everybody she interacts with. She has some good pairs, like, for sure, yeah. The only negative is that I'm pretty sure she's an adult, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> it's anime. Everyone's ages are fake. It's anime. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right, well, that was very fun. I'm very excited. I feel like it's gonna rejuvenate. I've always liked ship game, but it's definitely rejuvenated. And it's fun to have a good mix of like. I feel like I can run into ones I know really well versus like ones like the first two where I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> there's still stuff that like I know you know, but that we haven't done. Oh, i That hasn't so come excited. up in the randomizer I'm so yet. Excited. And then like some there's some stuff that like you might know, but that we haven't done that hasn't come up yet let's go let's fucking go thanks for listening to battle city broads if you have any comments you can contact us at battle city broad on twitter without the s or by emailing us at